and welcome to The Crude Report, Argus's podcast series covering global crude oil markets. I'm Jessica Tran, and with me today is Tom Reed, our Vice President of China Crude Oil and Refined Products. Hi, Tom. Before we get into the topic of China and its crude oil markets, I should start by saying Happy Lunar New Year, even if I'm a week late. Yeah, no, good point. As they say over there. Ah, very nice. Uh, so to start, um, Chinese oil demand fell for the first time in at least 10 years in 2021. Does that mean China's role as the main driver of global oil demand growth is over? Well, I mean, that was it was a real upset. It was I think it, was, it did surprise everyone. Um, and when we look at apparent oil demand, um, which is essentially it's a, it's the sum of China's crude output, the crude that it produces, and its net imports of crude and refined products. That fell last year really unusually. You know, this is a metric that has been growing at about 600,000 barrels a day since uh, 2008. Uh, and it fell. Um, but it should be caveated that 2020 was a really weird uh, year. <laughs> I think that probably doesn't require saying, but it was a weird one for oil markets. It was a particularly weird one for China because when oil demand collapsed, uh, globally due to the pandemic um, in the rest of the world. It actually grew in China uh, because of domestic price controls. Uh, it, China sucked in huge amounts of crude. So crude stocks in China uh, grew astronomically. And what we ended up seeing in 2021 was then them running those inventories back down to more usual levels. Uh, private sector companies had a very tough year of it. The government became increasingly reluctant to hand out import quotas that the private firms need to clear crude through customs. And that meant they struggled to restock later in the year and they were, they were forced to buy less crude. So last year, it was just that crude imports fell, not oil demand? Yeah, exactly. And, and over the whole year, Chinese oil consumption actually continued to grow very significantly, probably by about 800,000 barrels a day, which will have made it, as usual, one of the fastest growing markets in the world. But uh, a lot of that growth occurred in the first half of the year. From July onwards, uh, economic growth began to falter, uh, largely in response to these long-term structural changes that President Xi Jinping is trying to push through. Uh, and so did oil demand uh, growth also uh, fall. I think Xi's ultimate goal is you know, to put China's economy on a more strict, stable trajectory. It's, it's been criticized by uh, its own politicians and by the IMF as being unstable, built on, on shaky foundations. Um, but as we've seen, these long term government policies of uh, Mr. Xi are proving highly disruptive to businesses and the economy in the short term. Last year, they took a very heavy toll on Chinese manufacturing. Um, factories in China were already facing mounting costs due to inflation, you know, a global problem. But then local governments in China introduced electricity rationing in the fourth quarter uh, because a lot of provinces had used up their centrally mandated electricity allowances for the year. So that was a real problem for them. Uh, and there are policies still in place which are going to be problematic for China, such as is zero COVID policy. Uh, they want to keep uh, COVID out of the country. They've got a rather closed borders policy. Uh, the IMF just last month cut its forecast for Chinese GDP growth this year to 4.8 percent, a really, really low rate of growth 
for China. The IMF is very worried about the impact that this zero COVID strategy is going to have on the economy and uh, especially as they come on top of all the other crackdowns that uh, the central government in Beijing launched last year on various sectors of the economy, uh, like the real estate market. Um, to your original question, though, we, we actually think that GDP growth is going to be a, a little stronger than the IMF does, um, probably over 5 percent, because 2022 is a very politically significant year for President Xi. Uh, he is trying to secure, and he's almost certain to, to do so, to secure a third term as leader of the Communist Party. And we think that the, the government is going to try and stimulate growth a fair bit to uh, flatter the case for that. So we're probably looking at about 400,000 barrels a day of oil demand growth this year, uh, but that is going to be around about half oil demand growth from last year. And I understand that private refiners just got new import quotas at the beginning of uh, 2022. Does this mean that China is importing again? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. There's been a, a huge increase in uh, Chinese crude stocks in January. We, we reckon it was probably about 800,000 barrels a day in January uh, alone. Uh, these independent refiners have begun to buy crude again. Uh, stocks are rising. But of course, if oil is going to storage, it's not being refined into fuel. OK. And I remember in the past, infrastructure investment was very important to Chinese GDP growth, but that's quite energy intensive. Has China's economy become greener? So will it need less oil to grow next year? I guess I'm just wondering why the refineries aren't running hard already if President Xi is trying to revitalize economic growth. Yeah, well, I mean, economic intensity per unit of GDP growth, uh, a bit of a mouthful in China, it is improving. You know, they are um, reducing the amount of oil they need to generate each incremental unit of economic output. But you're right, it's not improved that much. And they look like they're falling back on building stuff as a way of keeping economic momentum going again. And that does look like it's going to require, you know, uh, more of the traditional road fuels. China still runs on diesel. Uh, 99% of the heavy goods vehicles sold last year uh, require diesel to run. The diesel market in China is huge. It's around 4 million barrels a day and diesel markets are tight globally. Um, part of the reason uh, that crude in China is not currently being turned into gasoline or diesel is to do with uh, emissions controls around the uh, Winter Olympics, which uh, opened uh, on the 4th uh, of February. Beijing likes to see clear skies over international sporting events. And a lot of independent refiners, which are based sort of on the outskirts of Beijing, um, were ordered to cut runs to reduce pollution. And partly it's because these independent refiners uh, keep being subjected to audits and investigations by the central government as part of its kind of crackdown on, on what it calls the disorderly expansion of capital. Um, these independent refiners are major, major suppliers of diesel to the Chinese market. They supply about a third uh, of what China needs. Um, most of the new refineries that China builds are designed to produce petrochemicals, uh, so things like paraxylene. Um, so I do think if demand for fuel does pick up suddenly in response to this investment uh, uh, uptick in infrastructure, then China may well struggle to match demand with supply. And diesel margins in China are already, as they are in the rest of the world, uh, considerably higher than historical averages. 
So would China be able to import if they had a diesel shortage? Maybe, but imports are strictly controlled by the government, um, as as with much else of the oil industry in China. And again, you know, China is thinking long term. It continues to build new refineries. It's going to build about four hundred thousand barrels a day of new refining capacity each year between now and twenty twenty five. But this year's new refineries won't have much of an impact on fuel supply until the second half of the year from July onwards. What we might see, I think, is potentially uh, another jump in crude buying uh, if China's diesel markets uh, remain strong into the second quarter. Okay, thanks, Tom, for the update. My pleasure. If you need to keep a close eye on Chinese oil markets, take a look at Argus China Petroleum. The service is more than a PDF report. It includes over 30 data sets for prices, supply demand fundamentals, and more. Visit www.argusmedia.com for more information. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode, and we hope you'll join us again next week.